0: Hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm. What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. Here's a common scenario. Great guy, great date. And then two weeks later, funny discharge appears along with the lower abdominal ache. Next comes the nerve-wracking visit to the gynecologist, followed by the reality that along with the new relationship has come a new infection. Unless your new partner was a virgin before he or she met you, avoiding a sexually transmitted infection is a reality that comes with being sexually active. But here's the thing. Midlife women are much greater risk for STIs than most people appreciate. STIs are more easily passed from man to woman than from woman to man or woman to woman. If exposed, a woman is twice as likely as a man to get hepatitis B, gonorrhea, or HIV. To add to the issue, women are less likely to have symptoms than guys, and many midlife women who don't need contraception, no longer see a gynecologist regularly, which means that they're not as likely to get screened routinely. All of this adds up to an STI not getting diagnosed. There's another reason why women who are post are a particular risk. Vaginal tissue is thinner. Thinner tissue means that there might be microscopic tears. And even a microscopic tear is an easy portal of entry for teeny tiny viruses and bacteria. I know what you're thinking. I'll always insist on a condom. So I have nothing to worry about, right? Wrong. Even if he does agree to wear a condom, and even if the condom doesn't break, roll off, or leak, sometimes the condom doesn't go on until there's been plenty of skin-to-skin contact. HPV, herpes, and a number of other STIs are not in semen but live on skin. So intercourse isn't necessary to transmit them. Since a condom covers only the penis, Short of strapping on a hefty bag to cover a man's scrotum, anus, and surrounding skin, there's no such thing as total protection. And obviously, a condom is not a solution when it comes to oral sex on a vulva or anus, whether it's with a woman and a man, two women, or any other combination you can think of. There's another issue that gets in the way of male condom use, even in the well-intentioned. Older women are generally dating older guys. The older a guy gets, the more difficulty he's going to have getting and maintaining an erection under the best of scenarios. Add a few glasses of wine and a condom and it's game over. The reality for many men over the age of 60 is that putting on a condom often puts an end to the party. And if a woman wants to get anything accomplished, she often has no choice but to forego any extra distractions. Since contraception is no longer an issue and a good man is hard to find, but a hard man is just about impossible to find, she usually puts up less of a fight. So while my patients all intend to use condoms, they often don't, since the situation can be lose the condom or lose the guy. So between the fact that a lot of guys don't or can't use condoms, menopause tissue is thin and vulnerable, and at least 50% of women over the age of 40 are single and frequently with new partners, explains why STIs are on the rise in midlife women. One solution is to stay home, watch Sex and the City reruns, and stick to self-stimulation. A better solution is to take matters into your own hands and protect yourself using something other than a male condom. Obviously, this holds for women who have sex with women. But first, let's start with some of the standard options. If you're going to depend on a male condom, it goes without saying that you should not depend on the man to come prepared. You should have your own assortment of male condoms on hand. And be sure they're all marked extra large. It can be really confusing to know what to buy, since condoms are available in a variety of shapes and sizes, except, of course, small or extra small, variety of colors and thicknesses, with or without lubricants, spermicides, with or without reservoir tips. Some are flavored, which I assume is for the purposes of oral sex, since your vagina doesn't care what flavor a condom is. Male condoms are made of latex rubber, natural membranes, or synthetic material. Approximately 80% of male condoms are manufactured from natural rubber latex. Latex condoms protect against both unintended pregnancy, as well as many, but not all, sexually transmitted infections. Latex condoms are not compatible with oil-based lubricants, which can degrade the condom and make it more prone to breakage. That means no coconut oil, no olive oil, no baby oil. Water or silicone-based lubricants are fine. And of course, I cover those in detail in another episode. About 5% of condoms are made from the intestinal cecum of lambs and are called natural skin, natural membrane, or lambskin condoms. Natural always sounds good, but natural membrane condoms contain pores that may allow viruses to get through. No contraceptive or SCI prevention effectiveness data are available. And this goes under the category of what's the point? Polyurethane and other synthetic materials make up the remaining 15% of condoms. Synthetic condoms are generally non-allergenic and compatible with both oil-based and water-based lubricants. But let's be realistic. Midlife women have a lot of oral sex, not just because they like it, and it is far far more likely to result in orgasm than intercourse, but also because it is a terrific alternative when penile vaginal penetration is not an option, either because he isn't able to maintain an erection or because painful intercourse is your problem, either because of vaginal dryness or another condition. And of course, many women are sexually active with women. And even when a penis is not in the picture, STIs are still an issue. Women who receive oral sex can acquire and transmit herpes, HIV, HPV, syphilis, and chlamydia. It's actually far more likely for herpes to be transmitted during oral sex than intercourse. So what are your options to provide a barrier between a woman's vulva and a partner's mouth that are going to keep the bugs away? Well, when HIV first became a health hazard, there was a lot of buzz about using dental dams, small sheets of latex used by dentists for protection. The idea is to place the latex square over the vulva during oral sex. Here's the problem. Have you ever seen dental dams in a store? Have you ever actually spoken to someone other than a dentist who uses dental dams? Neither have I. But I have good news for you. You don't need to be Martha Stewart to make your own version of a dental dam. Take an unlubricated condom, one he's not using, and cut off the tip. Then cut through one side of it to make a square of latex, which can then be stretched over your vulva. Having said that, Whether your dental dam is the real deal or the DIY version, it still has to be held in place with two hands, not exactly user-friendly. And if you're thinking, why not just cover your vulva with plastic wrap, as in the plastic wrap that's intended for food storage? While it might seem like a reasonable and readily available option to stretch a piece of plastic wrap over your vulva, plastic wrap intended for food has never been tested for this purpose, and there's concern that products intended for microwave use may be too porous to keep out infectious bugs. So the next time you're in the grocery aisle and the lady in front of you has just put a jumbo box of plastic wrap in her cart, consider that may not be for her leftovers, and you may want to warn her that it's not a great idea. Most women are not aware that there's a female condom that will protect the vulva. The FC2 condom is a non-latex, the same material that suits for surgical gloves, very soft, thin sheath that lines the vagina and not only covers the cervix and vaginal walls, but also shields the outside of the vagina, the vulva. No special fitting is needed. One size fits everybody. There's a ring on the outside of the condom that prevents it from getting pushed inside the condom during intercourse and also provides protection during oral sex. The downside, not too many women are all excited about using the female condom. It's been around for years, and it's never gained in popularity. Women find it difficult to use, and a lot of women just don't like the way it looks. Something about a ring hanging out of one's vagina just doesn't seem particularly sexy. I know what you're thinking. There has got to be a better way for women to enjoy oral sex without feeling like they're risking getting whatever is lurking on the giver's mouth or inadvertently passing on whatever's on their own lips. And now there is. The newest invention for having safe oral sex are disposable latex panties that are thin enough to have all the sensations of oral or any other kind of non-penetrative sex while providing a barrier between the vulva and the tongue. Laurels has received FDA clearance to be used to prevent transmission of an SCI during oral sex. I know. This is brilliant. I was curious how these panties came to be, so I'm really excited to welcome Melanie Crystal, the CEO of Laurels, to chat about where the idea came from and the specifics of how they should be used. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. All right. So I want to start from the beginning. I have this vision of a bunch of women sitting around after too many martinis coming up with a solution of how not to get herpes during oral sex. So what what really happened? How did this idea come about?
1: Yeah. So, actually, it came about for me when I was on a romantic vacation. Um, I was a lawyer at the time. I was so excited to get away. Um, And on this romantic vacation, I found myself turning down oral sex when I wanted to be saying yes. And um, at the time, it was because of a concern about STIs. Uh, But then over time, I started... Th- th- that situation really made an impact on me because, you know, here I was,, uh, you know, finally away from work, really able to have a wonderful romantic vacation, uh, you know experience. But then I was turning down pleasure, and that felt, so sad and disappointing to me especially because you know oral sex can lead to orgasm three times more often than intercourse I wanted to be able to experience all that kind of pleasure and so you know for me at that time it was because of concern about stis but then I started talking with more of my friends about their oral sex experiences and what I found was that people were turning down oral sex for a variety of reasons uh, some people would say no if they were on their period. Some people would turn down oral because their partner had scratchy facial hair and it physically hurt. Some people wanted to try rimming or oral anal sex, and they felt like they just didn't want to worry about the repercussions of that. So basically, I realized that so many people out there were turning down this experience that could feel incredibly amazing and bring them closer to their partner and bring them closer to orgasms and pleasure. And so that was when I thought back to being a uh, sex educator when I was at Columbia University and teaching about the dental dam. And that product... Was such a laughing stock. People said, you know, seriously, you want me to hold up this flappy sheet of rubber? Are you kidding? And I understood where people were coming from because it is a really big ask to say, Use two out of four of the hands in the equation to hold this product in place right. and don't let go, or you well, might. Get not enough. to mention, as
0: I said earlier, I mean, even if that was realistic, and you and I both know it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody even knows where to get a dental dam, and no one uses a dental dam, and. The whole thing, while it you know, made it to a lot of blog posts, and wouldn't this be a good idea? The reality is is no one, no one was using dental dams, and even you know, I'd mentioned earlier the the condom trick, making your own dental dam and the cut up condom and and same thing, right? You would put that in the same category,
1: yeah, I mean, to me, it's. Such a big ask. And, you know, and I feel like it's something that's really only asked of women when women are looking for pleasure, like, you know, go cut up a condom or go cut up a glove or hold this item. In right? in. You
0: would never this ask a thing. guy to do that. No, you know, I, I had also mentioned earlier the the FC2 condom, which has never taken off for a variety of reasons. And my understanding is that, you know, aside from it being kind of tricky to, to actually put into place properly and all of that, women just, Felt kind of silly, you know, with this ring hanging out. So, what was your whole take? I'm sure you looked at the FC2 condom before you decided to move forward with your invention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that oral sex is different than intercourse in many ways. And one of the reasons it's different is because there's a visual component. Um, You know, somebody is looking at genitalia and exploring it um, with their eyes and with their mouth. And I felt that in order for somebody to use a product um, that was going to be explored with eyes and mouth, it needed to not only feel super great for the person wearing it, but it also needed to not look ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, early on, uh, I was talking with some folks about the idea and brainstorming and somebody said, Oh, maybe you could use shower cap material. <laughs> oh, and I just thought to myself, nobody's going to want to be sitting there with like shower cap material hanging down and it being crinkly. Um, and so I really wanted it to be, A wonderful experience for everyone involved and everybody to feel great wearing the product. And I felt like that was not what happened with the FC2. Um, The looseness of the material, not only does it hang down, but also it doesn't really feel very good inside of your vagina. Uh, With laurels, we ensured that the material was going to lay against your skin, but also be super stretchy so that you're able to feel tongue penetration and light finger penetration but without all of this excess material that doesn't feel good and blocks sensation.
0: Well, you know, the way I think of it is as a surgeon, I wear surgical gloves. And I'm sure people can imagine how important it is for a surgeon to be able to feel through our glove Mm -hmm. because you don't want to even realize that you're wearing gloves when you're in the operating room. You want it to feel like there's nothing there. And when I first got my sample of laurels, and I'm showing it around the office, and that was actually one of the, the comments from the surgeons, is that it really felt very tactile and like surgical glove material. Before we go any further, because we we're talking about how things look, and they, they're they actually really cute. I mean, they just, they are. Um, but just really describe to everyone what it is exactly. What is a laurel's? Sure. Yeah. So laurels
1: are undies for oral sex. They're made of silky, ultra-thin flavored latex that transfers all of the sensations through it. Um, Laurels are FDA cleared now to protect against STIs, and they can also be used to help people feel more comfort and more pleasure during oral sex. You can wear laurels for oral on your period, when you're feeling sensitive, to feel less exposed, or anytime you want pleasure, but you don't want skin-to-skin contact. Uh, We've been featured in the New York Times and Cosmopolitan. There was actually a photo spread of laurels in Playboy. And laurels are available on our website at urbanoutfitters.com with healthcare providers and with retailers
0: around the world. You mentioned the FDA. It is not easy to get that FDA stamp of approval. Tell everybody what you have to do to do that, what it means and what they can feel very secure about. So we
1: had to... Ensure that laurels did not cause irritation, that they didn't cause sensitization, that they didn't have issues with cytotoxicity uh, or acute systemic uh, irritation as well. And so we ran those tests, passed with flying colors, which was very exciting. And then we also had to run hundreds of tests with regards to laurels' performance, so how stretchy they are, um, how thin they are. Uh, We had to ensure that there were no microscopic holes in the product. And we also had to run- Don't pass her. over that so quickly because- Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Seriously, I mean,
0: you know, I think a lot of people assume that if they put something on their vulva, that it's going to keep the bugs out. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, saran wrap, which some people believe it or not do, you know, saran Wrap's pretty porous. It's not going to keep the bugs out. So, that's no small thing. The whole point of using laurels for not every woman, of course, but for many women is to prevent the transmission of sexually transmitted infections. So, from my point of view, you, yes, the FDA has to prove that it's not going to make your you know, vulva you know, burst into flame or get red or rashy or anything like that. But it's really also about keeping those bugs out. And that's what all that testing proved, right? That those yes. bugs are not going to get through this material. Absolutely. Yes. Um,
1: hundreds of laurels were tested and no microscopic holes were found in the damp portion of the product. So, um, it's really exciting that we're able to provide that to our customers and that they're able to use laurels without fear of passing an STI. Uh, the product is made out of premium condom grade latex. And so in order to obtain FDA clearance, we had to pass many of the tests that are required of condoms as well. Mm -hmm. and, yes, I, I think that that's a really great point that you make. A lot of people will also, you know, use regular material, like regular underwear, and, you know, think that it is substantially non-porous. Uh, but really, there's such a difference if you compare, uh, you know, material that is uh,
0: made out of
1: threads
0: to well, material that's mind. made out I mean, of... What are love to advertise that their underwear is breathable. That's great. But breathable also means that it's a nice little portal of entry for for viruses and bacteria. And and I think also, I don't think a lot of people are aware of just how expensive and time consuming it is to get that FDA clearance. And you didn't have to do that. These laurels have been, I mean, just got the FDA clearance, but this product has been around for a few years and I think has been selling pretty well. And without that. So kudos to you for going through the extra time and expense so that women can really be assured that they really are increasing their safety by, by using laurels as opposed to something else. You know, I want to circle back. You, you mentioned very quickly that they were vanilla scented. And when I first heard that, the first thing I thought of was, Oh no, here we go again. You know, I just did my podcast on a walk down a feminine hygiene aisle and how women um, should not be spraying their vulvas and putting all kinds of scented things in their vaginas because a woman's natural smell is just fine and you want a woman to smell like a woman, not like an English garden. But in fairness, to be clear, the reason that your product is vanilla scented is not to camouflage a woman's normal pleasant scent. Talk about why they're vanilla scented.
1: Yeah. So essentially, every product that has been FDA cleared for STI protection during oral sex is scented. Um, So all condoms that are made for oral sex and then all oral dams that are on the market, everything is scented. And the reason why is because natural rubber latex has a very light rubber odor to it. And so all of these products have just a bit of flavor added to them to camouflage any residual rubber odor. We work really hard to remove it as much as possible Possible, but it's always going to be there just a little bit. Um, So we add that flavor, and then all of these other uh, companies do as well. And, um, you know, we have done that irritation and sensitization testing to ensure that, you know, not only does the rubber not cause any irritation, but also the flavor as well. Uh, It also has no impact on vaginal pH.
0: Do you have other flavors planned? Uh, you know, I think that we will do
1: that in the future. Uh, we the the product that's going to be launching pretty soon is our sheer version, and they're black, right? As I recall, they're are they all
0: black? Yes, yes yeah. Black which okay, I think is you know is lovely, but any other colors planned?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the sheer version is uh, is going to be um, basically skin tone. Uh, latex has a little bit of colored to it like kind of a yellowy color so it's not com- it, it, the product is not going to be completely clear We're going to add a little bit of pigment to it so that it looks like lingerie in a similar way that our existing products do but you're but it's going to be very see-through you're going to be able to see what you're doing
0: and show off your goods <laughs> you know when you when you sent me a sample the first thing I noticed of course when I unwrapped them is that they're black and they have a very pretty pink L. So mm-hmm. I assume the L was for Lauren. Absolutely. Am I correct? <laughs>
1: The L for laurels.
0: And um, that's
1: just a little touch that we do uh, with the products. And we're going to be continuing to
0: do that as we grow, having our little monogram. Well, I, I hope you don't mind that I am going to continue to think, I think that you should. you're personalized yes. for me, that the L is, is for Lauren, and that you personalize it for everybody, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I love that idea. Maybe one day we'll be doing Maybe. personalized versions. All
0: right. So we're going we're gonna to go right to the taboo topic that nobody wants to talk about, and that would be anal, oral, anal sex, anal play, taboo or not. Nobody
1: wants to talk about it, but everybody wants to have it.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm thinking people want to talk about it too, because Mm -hmm. I am starting to get Really more patients that are bringing it up. And trust me, you know, even just a few years ago, that never ever happened. But there was actually just a a scientific article that came out really talking about the fact that increasing numbers of women for a variety of reasons are exploring and enjoying anal play. And a lot of people are not aware. That an STI can be transmitted. And in fact, the point of this article, I don't know if you saw it, it was one of the science journals, but the point of the article was hey, docs, you got to be asking women about this because you need to know if you need to screen for doing an STI. You know, normally when we do a screen for an STI, we're doing cervical and vaginal cultures. And unless someone tells us, go south a little bit, um, we're not necessarily going to be swabbing the anus. So we know, we know that this, this is, uh, an area that needs to be talked about. So talk about the role of laurels for anal play.
1: Yeah, um, you know we love the fact that people are using laurels to explore in places that they otherwise might not be exploring. Uh, you know, the the anus has so many nerve endings and um, really does feel amazing when it's touched and particularly the light touch that often happens with oral sex. But, you know, a lot of people have hesitations. Um, They think about the downsides of putting their mouth uh, on somebody's anus. And then they also think about um, STIs, like you just mentioned, many STIs, including hepatitis can be transmitted via oral anal sex. Uh, So, Laurels are so incredibly thin and cover the front and the back, which has always kind of been a problem with oral dams. They cover both the front and the back. They cover both the vulva and the anus. So somebody can move from performing cunnilingus to analingus and back again to cunnilingus without having to worry about any transfer of bacteria.
0: Okay. So speaking of moving back and forth from one activity to another, one of the questions that came up when I was showing my staff the product is, if someone's receiving oral and then they want to have penile-vaginal intercourse, can the panty be pulled to the side to do that without tearing it? So then it could go back into place if you want to go back to oral.
1: Um, it, it, it depends on the reason that you're using the product. If you're using laurels for STI protection, uh, you you want to make sure that you are covered the entire time and you don't really want to move laurels to the side because basically the front can become the back um, and you can become the back. Yeah, You know, I mean, if (laughs) if you're moving the product to the side, it can get kind of gathered. And um, and when you're using laurels or any product for STI protection, you don't want to also be playing with, with the product itself. You wouldn't want to do that with a condom. And so you don't really want to do that with laurels as well. But so many of our customers are using laurels for other reasons, so you know, for period oral, or um, you know, if their partner has scratchy facial hair, or if they have um, a topical medication and the partner doesn't want their mouth to come into contact with it, and for those reasons, you can absolutely pull laurels to the side, have mm-hmm. intercourse, put them back on. You can play with them as much as you want. We, right. we so like so basically kind of like crushing and
0: snapping them. Yeah, it's when you're talking about STI protection, leave them in place. Don't mess. But if you're thinking about something else, and you know, you mentioned um, about topical medication. In addition to my sexual medicine clinic and my menopause clinic, I happen to run a vulvar condition clinic, which a lot of people are not aware of just how many vulvar conditions there are. And when we see these women, whether they have lichen sclerosis or maybe another vulvar condition, more often than not, they require topical medication. And they avoid oral sex, not just because the tissue may be inflamed and it may be painful, Um, if there's any roughness at all, particularly your beard or anything like that, but they worry about their partner getting medication in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So you probably weren't thinking about that when you invented this product. But I got to tell you, this is something that our clinicians in our Volvar clinic were all over. They were like, this is the perfect workaround. So I bet if you and I sat down, we could come up with a whole bunch of other applications that You're not even necessarily thinking about.
1: So many cool conversations with people in the medical community about all of these different applications of laurels. Uh, People who have. Uh, who are seeing pelvic floor therapists for vulvodynia and other issues like that um, might want just a slight bit less sensation um, during oral sex, because otherwise it's just too, too intense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, well, and let so, I me mean, interrupt you for one minute, because the vulvodynia yeah. thing is really important. A lot of people are not even aware of what vulvodynia is and The way that i often describe it to patients is you have too many nerve endings and they're too sensitive and that can cause pain so what you're describing is that for women who have vulvodynia and are being treated this is a way and i wouldn't say it numbs it because it doesn't numb it at all that would be a problem if it numbed it but what it does is it just takes that level of sensation down just enough a little bit of a notch that what might be too intense for someone with vulvodynia is suddenly not quite as intense. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think of all of the nerve endings that there are in the clitoris and the vulva, uh, if you're just muting just a few of them ever so slightly, that slight mute muting can make a really big difference for somebody who has a lot of sensitivity there, but for other folks, they won't be able to really tell that difference and it'll feel like they're not wearing anything at all. Um, And then people who have gastroenterological issues um, and, you know, feel a lot of concern about somebody performing oral sex on them. They're able to use laurels and be able to push away those concerns and not have to worry. Okay.
0: So since I'm someone who likes to, Put it out there exactly as it is and we're talking gastrointestinal concerns what we are calling is talking about is people who have involuntary loss of stool fecal incontinence and this is a very common condition that also goes under the heading of taboo topics and there are a lot of women out there who do have involuntary loss of whether it's gas or small amounts of stool and it can particularly happen during sexual activity. Why? Because during sexual activity, when women have an orgasm, their pelvic floor contracts. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. Sometimes comes with that is involuntary loss of either stool or urine. So that's huge. That is huge because those women are terrified, terrified to have any kind of oral. So sad. Yeah. I mean,
1: I really think of my goal to be to help as many women out there have as much oral as they want whenever they want it. Um, I want to be facilitating those interactions because I think that oral sex is just so special.
0: All right, so let's talk about practical matters. Mm-hmm. How do people actually integrate them into their sexual activities? what What's it like? What do they, when, when do they, how do they get them on? What do they do? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Some people will put them on before they engage in any kind of intimate activity at all, just slip them on right beforehand. Um, some people will, you know, say, excuse me, I got to go put something on and run to the bathroom and slip on laurels. Some people will in, like it, uh, have the process of putting them on be part of their sexy activities with their partner. Their partner will help slip laurels on, um, Excuse me. And then also, you know, help them take laurels off afterwards. So basically, um, you know, we recommend that you put on laurels, uh, you know, a few minutes uh, to maybe about 30 minutes before you're going to engage in activity or while you're engaging in the activity. Um, While you're putting laurels on, you want to hold them apart so that as you're pulling them up on your body, the material doesn't roll. And then once the product gets up to your waistline, you're able to... position them how you'd like them to be. Some people like a little bit of a lower waist, some people like a little bit of a higher waist. Um, If you'd like, you can pull them up in the back and have a very cute cheeky look. And and then after laurels are on your body, we recommend that you pull apart uh, your vulva on both sides. And then uh, basically, that allows some of the material to go inside of the folds of your vulva so that your partner is able to have maximum access and you're able to have maximum sensation. Can you wear them under clothes? Yes. And people do wear them either Underclothes or as clothes, uh, we have heard of people wearing laurels as sexy lingerie or under sheer garments. Um, we would just again recommend that if you're if you're using for laurels for STI protection, we would not recommend wearing laurels as fashion beforehand. You know, you have to uh, in, in, ensure that that product is really only going on you during the activity for that STI protection.
0: Yeah. You know, and I don't know if if you mentioned it or if I mentioned it, but this- this is a disposable product. This is a one-time use product, mm-hmm. and 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 quite frankly, when I talk about it with with my staff, with patients, the, the biggest pushback that I get is is the price. You know, it's a disposable panty. It's what? It's roughly six dollars a pair, um, which seems high to a lot of women. I mean, obviously, from my point of view, when I think about the emotional, medical, and the actual cost of an STI, it's a bargain. But still, this is you know, it's not nothing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think is the price ever going to come down? Is there going to be a volume discount? Talk to us about the price a little bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the so so first of all, when you're creating a brand new product from scratch, and particularly something that has economies of scale, um, the initial pricing is is going to be pretty high. And so if you look at condoms, you know, hundreds of uh, billions of condoms are made per year, and a lot of factories will make tens, if not hundreds of millions of condoms per year. And so machines have been created uh, and processes have been created to make that as absolutely efficient as possible and really bring down that price. Uh, with Laurel's, we're at the very beginning, um, you know we've done a lot of work with our machinery, uh, and we're looking at many ways to bring down that pricing. Our goal is for laurels to be less expensive in the future. We want people to be able to purchase laurels and not have to worry about uh,
0: the, the cost. Um, so the message is loud and clear, ladies. The more laurels you buy, The lower the price will be. It's, I mean, it's
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, when when we're making um, tens of millions of units a year, and then again, when we're making hundreds of millions of units a year, uh, the price will be substantially lower. And and that's our goal. In the meantime, we really hope that, you know, not only protecting yourself against STIs, which absolutely is worth, you know, a ton of money, but also the experience of being able to enjoy oral sex that you wouldn't otherwise be having, Um, you know, being able to connect with your partner, being able to feel all of those sensations that your partner is providing you. Uh, To us, we think that it's worth the current price and probably worth a lot more to be able to have that wonderful experience with your partner. Uh, But we do intend, as economies of scale start benefiting us more and more, uh, we want laurels to be more accessible and more available to everyone. Uh, We're also going to be soon instituting a subscription program, uh, and we're also going to be start selling laurels in larger quantities on on our website, and both of those options will allow folks to be able to receive laurels at lower costs. Then, additionally, we're partnering with a lot of healthcare organizations, including several Planned Parenthoods, that will be providing laurels to low-income
0: communities uh, for free. I love that. And you can't put a price on pleasure. I mean, come on. I agree. I agree. And while we're on the topic of price and discounting, good news is that in the program notes, there is a discount code. Do you want to tell us what that's going to be?
1: Yes, it is going to be Dr. Striker, and um, that'll be a 15% off discount, and we're really excited for your community to be able to try laurels, and uh, we hope they're going to have an amazing experience, and we're look for-
0: looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts about the product. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. You are a guest like no other I've ever had. And this was great fun. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker. Thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my inside information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of.
1: in taking calls Then Francie took me by the hand She told me all these things that I could do
0: And why it is that sometimes I feel blue She helped me see the light